What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another rousing episode of The Life and Times of Quarantine. Of course, I'm your faithful host, Rajani Rawls. And today, I am pleased to be joined by the coffee queen herself, Kate Russell. Kate, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Also, that introduction, wow. What an honor. <laughs> I'm sitting I mean, here I sipping my coffee right now. <laughs> I could have I could have went on, but I think that like that was perfect. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I'm sitting here with, you know, already my second of the day. So definitely, you know, happy to be the coffee queen for today. How are you doing? It's been... It's been a while since we talked. It has, yeah. Um, we've been good at, you know, the little catch-ups on socials and just responding to each other's things that way, which has been really nice. But it has been such a long time since we've had, like, a proper catch-up. So definitely excited to do that today, hilariously, in a way that a bunch of people will also hear later. So that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of funny. They are catching up with us as we're catching up. I yeah, love the, it. Yeah, those, like, I feel definitely in this time, uh, those social catch-ups are crucial. Like just totally. to ch- just to like check in with people. It's like, how are you doing? Like, are you well? Have you turned into a zombie yet? Like all that stuff. Yeah, like no one is posting for you. It's really you. Can we confirm this identity? <laughs> like it's really all right. Cool, cool. Just making sure. Ah oh, man. So as we're recording this, it is April tenth. We are like a year and some change within quarantine. Well, pseudo quarantine. I don't know if we're in total quarantine now, but. Going back a year, I guess, like I've said previously, it was March 13th for me. Um, For you, when did it hit you that like everything was going to change, things were locking down? I know you're in New York, so it looked like a ghost town from a state over. Like, when did everything kind of like, all right, like everything is slowing down. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So things were definitely wild everywhere, but in New York, it was a special kind of wild. Um, also just for the context of this moment, uh, my birthday is March 12th. So we can all imagine how fun that's been. Um, yeah. So it was a weekday. It was a Thursday last year was my birthday. That's how I'm like framing all of my memories around it. Um, so that whole week at work, we had been talking about how things were starting to feel really weird. Some people were starting to work from home. We hadn't been given that notice yet. Figuring out just with my coworkers, like what we wanted to do to make ourselves feel comfortable. That entire week, it was just kind of up in the air, feeling this growing level of anxiety and like, how bad is this? Um, So that Thursday, we went to lunch at like a ramen spot around the corner from our office and not a single other person was out, which, you know, normal it's lunchtime on a thursday the spot was really small wasn't super suspicious but it still felt more quiet than usual and as we were there getting lunch that's when we saw all the notices about all of the tours getting canceled and artists having to be sent home and and things like that and that's when we were all just like oh fuck like this is a real (laughs) a real serious thing that's happening um so again needless to say we started working from home after that and have not gotten back but that was definitely the moment where it was like okay, tours are canceled, people are being sent home, like emergency flights home from international places and even stateside people have to drive home immediately. Like that was a huge wake up call of like, okay, so inside is where we're going to be and where we should stay. Got it. So that, yeah, that was kind of my realization of what was to come. And even then we still thought it was going to be staying at home for like a week or two. You know, meanwhile, yeah, here we are now. <laughs> little, little did we know, right? Totally. I, I thought the same. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was just like, it's only going to be a month at the most. And then here you go, like, 
Memorial Day, like cases started going like ticking down a little bit. I was like, all right, we're in the downtrend. And then they started going back up. So it was just like, oh, man, like this is going past summer going into fall. I don't know. Now, we've met each other through the music industry. And I know you love shows just like, as much as I do. Absolutely. We have been through a year without them. How have you adjusted to that? It hurts, man. It hurts. Um, it hurts in so many ways. So just being a show goer, I miss seeing artists live. Like hearing the songs that they've worked so hard on and that I resonate with and, you know, just having that special moment of enjoying this thing that I like, even as a fan, I miss that so desperately. But on the other side, um, it's actually been really strange in terms of just my job. So for context, I'm in digital marketing at a record label. So I run all the socials for the label. I help artists with, you know, posting and asset creation and all that good stuff. But a lot of that, even if I'm talking directly to the artist, like a lot of what I enjoy most about what I do is getting to see how all of the things I do on the screen then relays back to fans actually having that in-person experience with the artist. So all of, you know, the posts and the advertising and the marketing and all that stuff, like that helps connect fans with their favorite artists. And getting to see that in a physical place, in a real tangible way, is something that keeps me going because I can physically see that what I'm doing matters, you know? Mm -hmm. So having a full year without that has been really hard because ultimately I know what I'm doing matters in the sense of, you know, supporting the artists and all that good stuff, but not being able to see it selfishly has been really tough. And then again, just having so many friends that are artists and just knowing the struggle of them not being able to share what they've been working so hard on with people, that's another layer. So, you know, making it work as best as everyone can, but it's definitely a, a huge hole in our hearts here. Yeah, because I think from an artist standpoint, like you think, okay, you have this huge album, but a lot of artists make money off touring and now you mm -hmm. can't tour. So how do you even promote the album? Now, you know, I, I know artists have done live streams and they're kind of doing them more so geared around things and trying to sell tickets that way. But it it feels like it's just like, okay, that's a temporary measure. Like, obviously, the goal is for all of us to go back into a concert venue, all sweaty, crowd surfing, like just kind of singing songs with our favorite bands. And I know that some festivals have announced dates. They've announced head uh, lineups. How optimistic are you that, like, I know as soon as September, how, like, optimis optimistic are you of that, like, happening? Oh, it's so hard to say. Because um, obviously, I would love nothing more than for that to, you know, happen and safely and have people having those experiences again. Like, that sounds incredible. But I'm also just trying to think of people's comfort level. Um, we were saying just before we started recording that, you know, we're both on our way to vaccination, which has been a huge relief. Um, and hearing, you know, a bunch of friends and people sharing that they're vaccinated, like everyone's starting to feel hope for the first time in the past year, which is a really, really beautiful thing. Um, and so hoping that, you know, the vaccine rollouts continue and people start, you know, gradually, safely expanding just what they feel comfortable with. Like that feels like that could lead back to that normal feeling of being around that many other people. But it's still just dicey. Like, I, I don't know. Hearing tours getting announced for indoor venues. I'm really excited for the artists, but I'm really still nervous just, like, even imagining being in a room with that many people. Um, outdoor festivals, that sounds like the safest bet just because if they don't sell 
or, you know, they're not trying to like pack a bunch of people into a room. It's outside, you know? So that definitely feels less uh, sketchy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I could see more people being comfortable with that in a perfect world, but it's honestly, I don't know. It's, it's this hard thing that I've had to think about a lot where I am so excited for live music to come back, but my personal comfort levels have changed so dramatically because I really haven't seen anyone in real life in the past year for the most part. So the idea of being in a room again with so many people, which normally would be everything that I would want in a day, you know, sometimes going to multiple shows in a day with a bunch of different people. Now it's just like, oh my God, we used to do that. But also when can I do it again? You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, just for context, like I am one week after my second dose um, I went out last night outdoors to go get pizza and like everybody was out. It was a beautiful night and somebody coughed and I like turned right around and I was like, oh God, like, oh God, like, all right, I got to get my pizza and get out of here. Was it a record here. scratch moment? Like everyone just kind of stopped and froze? It was, it was, yeah, me and like two other people just stopped what we were doing. They were like, and looked back at the, I felt so sorry for this dude. Where he's like, are you okay, dude? And it, it it's probably pollen because, you know. Oh, completely. It's spring and stuff like that. But I think about that and I think about what used to happen at shows. And I'm like, am I going to, when am I going to be comfortable to go back into the belly of the beast again? Where, you know, we're all packed in, say, like a Gramercy, Gramercy Theater or an Irving Plaza or something like that for four hours exchanging air. <laughs> I don't even know, are we going to be wearing masks? Like, that's a long time to wear a mask indoors, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of, like, comfort level. Like, of course, I want to dip my toe into the pool to see if it's okay. But at the same time, you know, even if you're vaccinated, that's not foolproof. So, I don't know. Like, when when do you think, like, the soonest you would go to a show after vaccination would be? See, that's a tough one, too. Man. Because, like, thinking about this theoretically is one thing, but then actually picturing myself in a room is so different. Um, I mean, in a perfect world, like, I'd want to say the fall. Like, that, you know, if people have shows and, you know, it seems like it's going well and everyone's being safe at those events and having their masks, like, if that pattern is there, then I don't really see why not, you know? It just, it's one of those things where you have to be trusting of the other people around you in those situations. And I think that's where my hesitation comes in. Yeah, I, I'm at the point where, I'm, you know, when I go in the grocery store, I, I'm a little less anxious. Like if I go on the train, I'm like, okay, you know, like I'm almost te- quote unquote vaccinated. So I don't feel as bad. Of course, I'm wearing a mask. But I think of things like going to a movie theater, going to a show, and I'm like, Am I ready for that? Like, am I ready for long extended periods of time sitting somewhere where we could be eating and then somebody take their mask down for a a while, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And like, I picture like people freaking out on other people like, hey, hey, put your mask on. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, I'm drinking something. I can't drink it through the mask. It's, uh... Yeah, it's something like hopefully by fall, a vast majority majority of us are vaccinated where, you know, we can kind of do that safely. Exactly. I'm fully with you on that. Like thing like normal things, again, like going to the grocery store or the coffee shops nearby or taking the subway. It doesn't feel like the end of the world like it had previously. Like this time last year, I don't think I had been back on the subway yet. 
Um, but now, you know, just obviously having that hand sanitizer literally in my hand at all times, just ready to go, just in case, you know. Um, it's, it's actually funny if you want to picture me on the subway, like I will literally have my hand sanitizer in my jacket pocket and I'll have my hand over the hand sanitizer just in case. No, I'm the same, I'm the same (laughs) way. Like, uh, hand sanitizer has become part of my clothing uniform now. So I have like a hand, a small hand sanitizer in each one of my jackets, just in case, uh, there's a spare one in my car, just in case I forget that one. And of course I have like two disposable masks. Just, you know, because, like, before, like, when this first started, I had, like, bandanas and neck gaiters. And then I was wearing one, and then I saw a news report, like, oh, you probably shouldn't be wearing those. I was like, oh, Jesus. So I just bought a whole ton of masks. Uh, Really can never have too many. Yeah, now it's just like, all right, it's just the part of the uniform. Just, all right, mask check, hand sanitizer check. I'm not really trying to touch any rails, but if I do... Um, immediately downs in my hand with hand sanitizer. <laughs> it's a crazy like how much of a germaphobe that we've like become. But then again, we should have because I remember the day uh, I was supposed to the, the last day I was in the office, and one of the last things that I saw was uh, a coworker of mine leaving bathroom without washing their hands, and I was just oh, like. No. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, you got this whole thing going on. They're saying you're not to touch your face. And then you're just doing one of the most egregious things that you can do, I guess. That's just gross to begin with for obvious reasons. But doing that knowingly when everyone's talking about this virus that is, you know, changing the way that we're living currently. That's just mind blowing, truthfully. <laughs> now, the you, confidence of that person. I can't, yeah, they I just can't like strut out like with no... <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, whatever drew no don't soap. work on me so oh that no, must be nice no That's water awesome. cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? so you mentioned that it's been a year well a part of that year like obviously because you have you know a roommate and stuff like that it, that you hadn't seen anybody uh i think a lot of us had gone through that either it was either zoom meetings like zoom was big what an era that was at the beginning (laughs) it's like all right let's do zoom trivia let's uh do uh like the netflix parties and stuff like that um but i noticed with me i got i was just like all right man can i like see people's faces actually you know even though if it's if it's under a mask that's cool you know what i mean like i just need to see like physical bodies and stuff and that's where like a couple of friends of mine, like, we did, like, socially distanced, like, hikes and, and things like that. But, like, it got, yeah, it got a little grating to me. Like, how was that for you after a while? Oh, boy. Just thinking back. It's just such a wild change of pace. But, yeah, um, I am definitely a big people person. So, as we had kind of said before, you know, just going to live events and things like that all the time. And also just seeing people in the office and just seeing people all the time, literally, in person. Going from that to seeing one other human every day for an indefinite amount of time was super jarring. I'm also super grateful that I am incredibly close with my roommate. She's truly the best. So I really lucked out that if I had to be, quote, stuck with one person and only one person for this long, it was her. So definitely feel super lucky in that sense. But yeah, not seeing anybody else really hit me hard and it hit me early. Um, and it's, it's still a weight, obviously, like that hasn't really lifted for the most part, but yeah, there were definitely a handful of those zoom calls, which, you know, is awesome. But when you have too many people on it and everyone's trying to talk at once, it gets kind of dicey too. So like, those are always weird trying to find a way to actually, you know, fit in 
a story or something when you're trying to hear how everyone else is doing at the same time. Um, some of my friends, they had like quiplash night. So we'd like play games, but on the computer, but we'd have the, the, uh, the voice element on. So that was kind of fun because you're literally just having a game night with your friends, but online. So that I felt was really wholesome and cute. But then again, just sustaining that, you know, everyone kind of got tired of it as fun as it was. Um, Netflix party, like you said, also rocked. Like I definitely remember watching Hot Rod specifically <laughs> with two of my friends. Um, you just need that nonsense humor. Um, so having that and just, you know, typing in the chat, like literally reciting the dialogue as it's happening, because why not? Um, like that kind of stuff was really just wholesome and making the best of the situation. Um, yeah, I've only truly seen a handful of people, um, of you know, in the safest way possible. But like, it's it's still strange to think about only having seen a handful of people in a year in person. Like, I, I still truly cannot get over that. And I know, like you said, you're dealing with that. We're all dealing with that. But just saying it out loud is really, really nuts. Yeah, I I mean, this year I didn't, like for Christmas, I didn't go home. Like I just, I felt like it was way too risky. Like, and even when I did visit my parents, it was very staggered. Like it was like, all right, two weeks I would get tested. I would wait. All right, let's do it. Like socially distance, make sure all the windows are open and, and, and things like that. My friends and I played a lot of like Fall Guys and Among Us. Nice. But even that, like, got, it was like, okay, we've done every obstacle course known to man now. You know what I mean? Like, can we just, like, go get food or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, um, it was definitely different because, like you just said, like, you're a people person. I'm, I'm a people person, too. Like, to an extent, like, I'm kind of uh, cut in the middle between introvert and extrovert. So the, those alone moments for me... They were my times to kind of recharge, but I don't like to do too much into one category. I like to like even myself out. And when you're in a position where, you know, you're pretty much in your home most of the time, like for me, the only thing that were open was like Walmart's grocery store. And that got mundane after a while. I was like, okay, I'll go get groceries for the third time and not try to risk, like, getting sick. Uh, it's, um, I don't know. Like, you even spoke to, like, it's something that you're still dealing with now. Like, do you feel a little bit better or a little bit more optimistic about... Because things are, like, even though they're, I guess they're surges, things are kind of getting better, like more people getting vaccinated. Like, are you looking forward to kind of reuniting with a lot of people? And also, and I was just thinking of talking about this with somebody yesterday, is there a little bit anxiety of also kind of quote unquote rejoining society also? Because I, I felt that I'm starting to kind of feel that a little bit. Yeah, no, that's honestly a great thought. Um, on the positive side, I definitely am feeling more optimistic. Um, there are just there's just so much more hope in the air, truthfully. And I think even just it becoming spring and not winter anymore lifted a huge weight in addition to just, you know, hearing everyone getting vaccinated and feeling that sense of hope again that we haven't really felt in the past year. Um, so definitely feeling more optimistic and eager to be able to reunite with people I haven't seen in so long. Um, I have a handful of friends that live near me in Brooklyn and I've been able to see literally three of them at separate times so that's been really awesome but it's funny just to think about because i have friends who live in manhattan and i've seen them maybe once if at all this year and that's not that far at all 
That's just um, the L. Ex- exactly. <laughs> it's just a simple train right away. Um, but for some reason, that feels like too far. Um, so definitely excited to be in a place where that doesn't feel like a, a scary commute anymore or things like that. Um, and I also just miss going places that aren't you know, next door. But I will say, again, I'm lucky that if I had to be, quote, stuck anywhere, I'm stuck in New York because I can walk places. And if I, you know, I've I've taken the subway a number of times, so I can do that and go places. And, you know, I'm not stuck in the same place that someone in the suburbs would be where they have literally nowhere to go. Um, There are, you know, plenty of places I could walk to for coffee and parks that I can sit in and things like that. So that's been a real saving grace, too. Um, Yeah, so just definitely excited to be able to do more of that with people gradually as the time passes. And then to your point about feeling any anxiety, um, I was talking to one of my friends. He's in Toronto, so I obviously haven't seen him in quite some time. But he was saying his take on this is that every conversation, once we're, quote, back to normal, is going to feel like talking to your seventh grade crush, but every day with everyone. (laughs) Like, not knowing how to pace it, not knowing what to say, being nervous, but we're all going to be equally awkward. So it kind of is reassuring in that way. But just him framing it that way, I was cracking up. It's like, you know what? It is going to be that way. And honestly, I'm excited for it. It's, we're all, yeah, it's going to feel like one big homecoming dance. It's like, uh, you know, um, trying to think of what song would play Kesha or something like that. Like, and you could walk up to your crush and like hey you, do, do you want to dance uh somebody yeah somebody gave me a hug the other day and i was like what the like i haven't done this in a while so you have to excuse me uh do i yeah just all right like you know what i mean that just felt it felt good but i was just like oh wow this is this is what hugging feels like again physical contact in this economy <laughs> Yeah, like it's just so jarring. I totally get it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I, I am excited, and I'm glad that like a lot of people because this time last year it just felt so I don't know icky. Like, yeah. ah, I could go do this, but should I be doing this? All right, go. All right, it's time to go back to my house. You know, like yeah, like you almost felt guilty for taking a walk because you know, especially at the early point where not everyone knew exactly how it was transferred. It's like, okay, is me taking a walk around the block going to be a game changer? Like, is that going to be the thing that sets it off? Or is that allowed? So, again, like, definitely glad to be on this side of it, where at least we know that taking a walk is not going to be a bad time, especially if you're masked up and everything. Oh, if, yeah, if you're sitting in a park bench, like, you're not going to get contaminated uh, by, like, COVID or stuff. I still wipe everything down that I sit on. Like wipes come with me i'm like all right uh i don't know who sat on that before let me wipe that down boom sit uh nice yeah so i know for me and like for other people that i've talked to uh that there's a lot of personal change that happened during this pandemic because obviously you have a lot more time for yourself and there's a lot of things that you had to kind of like face head on uh for better or for worse uh so has that happened to you? Yeah, um, I would definitely say so. So I, it's this weird thing of not having more free time necessarily. I'm thankful because I work in a digital space. I've had work pretty consistently and my hours have actually extended as a result, just, you know, compensating for the lack of touring and things like that, like we were talking about before. Um, so I don't feel like I have more free time necessarily, but um, it's definitely been a wake up call to just take the time to actually think about myself 
which sounds scary. So I just never used to do it. Um, yeah. So taking that time to just think about where I'm at, certain habits I had, certain goals that I had, and just figuring out how I was spending my time and how going forward I want to be spending my time and what I should be doing more of or less of things like even little simple changes that I could make on the day to day that would make, you know, the overall experience of being me more palatable, I guess. So that's been a really interesting process over the past year. Yeah, normally I come from a place where I don't feel like talking about myself is ever valid or wanted or anytime I mention something like about me or anything, it's just like no one wants to hear it. And that's not because anyone has necessarily told me that. I just sort of always feel that way. Um, so that's been kind of just a weird internal struggle that I'm sure other people can relate to. I just basically feel guilty for taking up space by existing. So this past year, ex you know, existing sort of separate from everyone else, I'm kind of really seeing the value in myself for the first time. And at 28, it's kind of wild that this is the first time I'm seeing value in myself. But that's definitely one, I don't even want to say perk, but one positive thing that's come out of the way things have been for the past year. Starting to, you know, feel confident in certain things and grow in certain ways. And it's been... It's been a time. Now, I, I mean, just to say, like, just for being friends with you for so long and, well, for a, for a while, and then, like, seeing you be more confident, like, I'm proud of you. I just want to say that for now. That, that's really dope that you're really seeing the value in yourself and the fact that what we all have seen in you, you know, it's different. I will say, like, it's different, like, people telling you that you're great and you're cool and stuff like that. At the same time, you have to do that. And that's even, that's a process. Like, I've had to work on, like, self-confidence and kind of, like, building that up. Because, like, for my thing, it's just, like, no matter what great things that I did, I always, like, oh, I could have did that better. I could have done that. Like, you know, I, I would nitpick it myself. And I thought about, like, I thought it as a way of, like, okay, I'm always, if I do that, then I'm never complacent. And I could, you know, I would it will fuel my drive somehow, but it's a detriment. Like it, it kind of eats away at you. And then with the pandemic and everything, I've, I've really worked to quiet that noise. And it's great to see from afar, like you go through that journey and kind of like work on yourself. And now you be more confident. So bravo, Kate, bravo. Oh my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it really, it really does mean a lot. Um, especially like you said, since we've known each other so long, um, it means a lot. And also, like you were saying, that external validation that does come in, um, a lot of times our, our brains will just kind of write it off as like, oh, they're just saying that to be nice. Or like, oh, well, they they only know that because of their limited experience with me, not all of me. Like, yeah, this part looks good, but wait till they find out the rest. Meanwhile, there's nothing else to find out. It's just sort of, you know, my brain invalidating itself for literally no reason other than to just be rude. So thanks for that brain. Um, yeah, so kind of getting past that Again, not completely, but as much as possible, getting past that imposter syndrome every day and just realizing that, you know, not everything has to be work-based and being open and sharing things can actually help other people sometimes too. You know, just kind of figuring those things out has been really special. Um, I've had a few times where I've shared something a little bit more 
vulnerable about, you know, just feeling better about certain parts of myself. And I will have people reply or also post something or just share something that they were going through a similar experience and hearing someone else, you know, share a similar experience made them feel validated and that they weren't, you know, sitting in a corner dealing with this all by themselves where everyone else is just happy and having a great time. Which is something that, you know, social media can definitely make you feel. Everyone else is having a great time. Why am I sitting here suffering? Or why am I not cool? Or, you know, whatever those internal dialogues may be. So yeah, just kind of diving in gradually. And just, you know, having these moments of exploration with myself and just growth. But then also sharing that gradually as, you know, feels comfortable. That's been just a really great experience to see, you know. Like, we all feel so isolated and we're all separated from each other, but somehow we're going through similar things and we're connected in those things. And that in itself has been a real saving grace this year. Yeah, especially, yeah, you speak about social media because everybody posts the highlight reel, right? Like, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, everything is great. I'm on this vacation, all-inclusive. Look at this water. Like, you know what I mean? Like, every I'm smiling. And I feel that this year, um, there was some of that, but a little bit less of that because we really couldn't hide from what we were trying to run from. Like, we couldn't go to a bar. We couldn't go to, you know, a friend's house and stuff like that. We really had to sit in our shit and, like, figure it out. I feel basically – I'm probably more excited about, quote-unquote, re-entering the world now because I really did work on my stuff. Like, do you feel that way? Like, I, I, I mean, of course I'm excited because, like – there's a possibility that we can end all this like massive deaths and a lot of you know people getting sick but i'm also like all right now when things start to quote unquote this new normal i'm the best version of myself now yeah definitely i've also just been really trying to learn a lot about other people's experiences too so having conversations similar to this one, but then also just, you know, talking to people about, you know, heavier experiences and just general life experiences that I think is really going to be, I don't want to say awesome. That feels like it's downplaying the whole thing, but that's going to be really important in just, you know, learning how to connect with people again, especially in this, you know, post COVID world. Yeah. So being the best version of myself, that's going to be really great. Like going into a room and feeling like I'm supposed to be in that room instead of second-guessing whether or not I should have been invited. That's going to be a whole new mindset that I'm really excited to experience and and feed off of and just radiate, basically. But also just, you know, being able to connect with people on a deeper level because we've all been craving that connection. I think that's going to be really special as well. Yeah, I could, you know, I could tell. I could tell that you feel a lot lighter just from talking to you. Like, uh, Oh, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, because, like, before, like... When we first met, I was just like, oh, well, like, because, like, it, it felt like you were a little shy. I was like, does she, does she like it? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, if, no. do I smell, no, like, do I smell, do I smell or something? But it was no. just because you were just trying to, like, I, I get, like, the first time you meet her, you're like, all right, let me feel this guy out. You know what I mean? Like, who is, who does this guy think he is? You know what I mean? But, um. It's honestly never even that. It's more so just, like, all right, let me let you speak and introduce yourself and, and do that whole thing. And I kind of just observe because I want to see how it's going to go. So it's not like, who is this guy? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Like, no, I'm, I'm joking. Who's this guy? I know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting when we all jack back into the Matrix. And then we're all like, hey, maybe a, a handshake, a hug. Are you vaccinated? All right, cool. Hug, yeah, bring it in. Bring it in. Was there anything that you like 
enjoyed as a kid or like enjoyed pre-pandemic that you rediscovered while we were kind of going through this? Like I, for me, it was like video games, like with friends, like I stopped playing video games for a long time. And then I had to like, okay, let me, let me boot up PlayStation and stuff like that. And then like, I re-engaged in that. And then also, uh, also chess. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. The nerdy side of me just came out. Like, Oh, we love the nerdy side. Yeah. Yeah. Chess and stuff. Um, and then like old TV shows, like really old, like, uh, I think friends and I were doing like a, a Power Rangers re- rewatch. Incredible. And seeing how cheesy they were. Those show, like the animation and like some of the dialogue now, you're like, what really? Like high school kids didn't talk like that back then, you know? So, I like, love all of that. <laughs> were, were there any, was there anything that you rediscovered? Yeah, there were definitely a few things. Um, Speaking of the Power Rangers, first of all, I was raised on the live-action Power Rangers show growing up, so that really hit home for me. So I appreciate that that's something you dove back into. Who was Okay, um, so who was your favorite Power Ranger then? Oh, that's so hard. I feel like I don't want to be typical and be like, the pink one, but probably, you know? <laughs> it was it was Tommy for me. It was, it was Green Ranger. I fully respect it. I, I was, I was, that. I really hope that my mom does not have photo evidence of this still, uh, in case, you know, quote unquote, I do get famous and then she kind of like pulls that picture out. But I think in third grade, I, she had sewn a green ranger costume for me and I'm here. I am. We did like a parade of, of like costumes that year. And I'm just standing with like, uh, like the, the green ranger helmet and everything. I'm uh, obsessed with this visual. Oh my god, we need to find this photo. No, 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 no. The people okay. need to know. <laughs> if, you know what? Okay, if I find it, I, I, I'm sure it's at my parents' house. If I do see it, I'll post it on my Instagram. Oh my god, incredible. But uh, yeah, go What ahead. a beautiful day that would be. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, so I have a couple of things actually that I either rediscovered or discovered for the first time this year, which normally, if you ask me what my hobbies were, it'd be like listening to music, and that's it. <laughs> Um, so now I actually have some things. I'm really excited. Um, so corny to be excited about having hobbies, but I'm so stoked. Um, yeah. So this time last year, I was one of the millions of people who was like, I need, I suddenly need a Nintendo switch immediately. I need one. I need animal crossing. That sounds fun. Let's go. So I dove into animal crossing. Um, cause it was just a wholesome, very simple version of the Sims in my head. And I loved the Sims growing up. So my island does not have five stars yet. I abandoned it. The weeds are probably very tall. I'm so sorry to my villagers, but I will uh, come back. Uh, Isabel's <laughs> Isabel's like uh, announcements is going to be like, well, she abandoned it, guys. Uh, we don't know when she's coming back. Well, I usually try and check in. It sounds like I'm actually talking to real people. I try and check in every month or so. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be one of those things going back where the villagers are like, oh, so you do still work here, whatever, you know, the, the snarky, like, oh, I thought you left. Well, I did, but I'm back. Because, <laughs> you know, why would a wholesome game that's supposed to just be relaxing not also attack you mildly, you know? Well, Tom um, Nook, Tom Nook with his, you know, you owing him money. A hundred percent. Yeah, like, it's a, a power move, definitely. And that, that flex of Tom Nook just running the show, no questions asked, um, it's not actually related to the next thing I'm going to bring up, but I'm going <laughs> to pretend like it's related. I got really back into all things related to the mob. Um, so I've been watching anything. I know, a wild transition. That was a like, hell of a transition <laughs> because he does kind of twist your arm like he's like, oh, I need those. Yeah. 
It's like, oh, you want to build a bridge? Okay, but pay the debt for the store first, you know? Like, all right, Tom, damn. Like, you know where I live, and I'm a little intimidated about it. But yeah, um, so I, I'm from Long Island, and I'm from a town called Massapequa, and that was, like, the place for John Gotti. So growing up, it was always a joke of like, oh yeah, the Gaudis, you know, haha. Like driving by, like, oh yeah, that's that's where the that's where the guy was. Like, oh god. Um, <laughs> so like in my head, it was always this like reference that was kind of a joke. But then reevaluating it later in life, it's like, oh no, we should have been scared. Like that all make that checks out. You know, that makes sense. That's a that's a tough guy. Um, so just that's where my uh, journey back into all things mafia related began. Just being like, huh, you know that guy we used to joke about? What was his deal? Oh, oh shit. And then just kind of <laughs> following along, you know, just like actually learning about how all of the different like crime families came together and the bunch of podcasts on the mafia and stuff like really just been diving in heavy on that. So that's been uh, interesting. So I'll be one of my other hobbies. I've gotten really into plants. So I'll just be taking care of my plants, you know, hitting them with the fertilizer, getting them all watered while I'm just listening to this podcast talking about all of these awful crimes from these men from decades ago and i'm just like ah yes a calming saturday uh anybody from the mob listening to this episode we're not we're not implicating that you've done anything uh we're just listening to his she's just listening to history just just putting that out there no disrespect all right (laughs) i'm just sitting here with an interest not in getting involved but an interest in the history have you like did you like rewatch any like movies like uh like Casino or Goodfellas or anything like that? So I have been saving those for the right day for some reason because I feel like I just want to watch all of those at once somehow. Like all of the classic staple movies. That's the one thing that I haven't really gone to yet just because I haven't actually watched the classic movies, which is shocking. So I want to do my uh, preliminary homework, I guess, and then dive into those movies that I probably should have done it the other way around. But it's too late now. It's never too late. It's never too late to watch like Goodfellas and Untouchables and Godfather and Godfather it's Part true. Two. I opted for the Sopranos route first, and hey, then Jersey. And then the yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Covering all the bases. Uh, any? Yeah, I, I know oh, and that then, you started um, doing like uh, the knitting thing. Uh, yeah, that that's you, exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, read my mind. The only other really exciting hobby I've picked up. Um, I've started to embroider, so. I do some hand embroidery, so I'll, I'll stitch some little things. I had done a couple a couple years ago. I bought all the string, and I was so excited about it, and then life was normal then, so I just didn't have the time anymore, so I kind of dropped it. But this was the year, obviously, to resurrect that, and I have been having so much fun with it. So I started um, just stitching, like, random things, which was cool. Um, I did like a, a self-portrait where I sewed an outline of a photo of myself, which was really intimidating, but I was really happy that I even tried something different like that. And then um, most recently, I've really been doing this like series of little ghosts. So I always just love ghosts and Halloween and all things spooky, but also like the real actual, you know, <laughs> phantasms, like actual ghosts, you know, like that stuff really intrigues me. So, so you're doing like one embroidering uh, things of like you know uh, Bloody Mary or like something like that <laughs> or like uh, the Exorcist or things. What's hilarious is that's honestly the stuff that like like I'll watch the Exorcist and I love horror films. Yes, but the little ghosts I've been embroidering are so cute and little. It's like completely the opposite of that energy. Um, so they're just like little floating guys with some cute little flowers around them. 
very precious, very adorable. But then in my head, I'm like, ah, yes, which horror movie am I going to watch while making these? <laughs> so it's an interesting balance, I suppose. But that's been super fun. And I've been able to make some for friends. And I finally committed to, you know, starting an Etsy shop. It was only a matter of time. So I've had a few sales on there, too. Trying to keep it simple and just making what I want to make. And then if they sell, that's awesome. Or if a friend wants one, that's awesome. But not, like, putting pressure on myself to make it a, a fulfilling or a job where you have to fulfill orders. Because um, I want to actually keep this a hobby as much as I can, rather than making it, like, a business with stress and deadlines to meet and all that. Yeah, it's also, it's always important to keep, like, hobbies in your back pocket that you don't try to put into a full-fledged LLC. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, yeah. well, yeah, because I play acoustic guitar. I'm not trying to be in a band. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, just to have things just for yourself to kind of declutter. I have to, okay, I have to go back to a point because, you know, I am a enthusiastic horror fan. Mm-hmm. So have you seen, what have you seen lately? Okay, two-part question because I, I don't know and I'm very interested. What horror movies have you seen lately that like have piqued your interest and what is your all-time favorite horror movie okay so one thing i'm mad at myself for doing is not actually keeping a list of all of the horror movies that i have watched the past year oh don't feel bad because i think i've lost count (laughs) yeah like there are some that were really good and they have just slipped my mind simply because i've seen so many which is really sad um there was this one movie called the black coat's daughter I saw that. I think it was on Netflix, probably. Um, That's good purpose, yeah. Yeah, so that one was really interesting because it just kept you guessing the whole time. And it was one of those movies that it just sits with you after and you think back about it. Like, your initial reaction when it finishes isn't necessarily what you're thinking about it the next day. Like, you go back and it just kind of sits with you. Yeah, so that one, actually, I can remember very specifically because the whole time you're just kind of, like, guessing where it goes and it doesn't go where you guess it's going to go. And then you're like, huh, that wasn't really a good summary, but I was trying to not mention anything <laughs> plot-wise. Yeah, yeah, Because <laughs> there are, there's a huge twist at the end, yeah. Exactly. So I definitely didn't want to mention anything about it at all. The cast is really great in that one, too. Um, predominantly, if not entirely female-led, which was also cool. So yeah, that was one that I can actually recall off the top of my head recently that I watched. Um, and also picking an all-time favorite horror movie is really hard. Like, that's something I really struggle with. Um, I really always appreciated A Nightmare on Elm Street. That one, because it, it's just that that premise of how can you escape something in your dreams? Like, you have to sleep at some point, you know? So just, like, that whole dynamic was always really interesting, to me at least. So that's, like, a, a classic that I always go back to. Um, and my dad's favorite horror movie is Halloween. So, yeah, so, like, there would be times when I was still living at home where he would be on the computer in the other room and he would just pull up, like, the Halloween theme song on the computer for some reason and he would just play it really loud and then just do, like, a menacing laugh and I'm like, oh, hey, Dad. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, that was just a really um, funny thing that he would just do from time to time because that was something that, you know, we both shared. So Halloween also, obviously, holds a special place for me. And then a more... um, I guess two more modern favorites that I just always go back to. Scream, classic. I love how self-aware that one is, how campy it is. Like, that that movie is everything. And then um, A Cabin in the Woods. Ooh, I like that. Or The Cabin in the Woods, yeah. That one, I will watch that endlessly. I love everything about that movie. Another one that's similar to Scream in the sense of how self-aware it is and kind of poking fun at the horror genre while being deeply rooted in it. Like, I really just appreciate that. Yeah, my favorite, okay, probably, like, my favorite 
all-time horror movies, The Fly. Mm. If, if, if anybody, like, knows me, I rave about this movie all the time. It is probably my favorite uh, movie of all time, uh, The Fly. M- modern, okay, so, like, funny story. Um, so, maybe a few months back, like, I was, like, dating uh, dating this lady, and she was asking me, like, all right, like, what's your favorite movies? Like, what should I watch, right? So I said Midsommar. Oh, no. <laughs> Was she prepared? <laughs> okay, so I said, okay, so, yeah, I said Midsommar just off the cuff because it was a movie that, like, I had recently watched it at the time and then, like, somebody asked me to, like, come on a podcast and talk about it because I really liked that movie. I know some people really hate that movie. It really kind of goes back and forth. So I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, you should, you should watch, you should totally watch this movie, <laughs> like... It's it's about grief and, you know, it has a a festival in it and, you know, everybody is happy and stuff. So, aside from that last note, you weren't wrong. You were just kind of burying the lead a little. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I was burying the lead that, you know, people die in horrific ways and uh, there's some hallucinogenic things. And then there's a particular scene at the end that's a little jarring. But there's Uh, also pretty flowers. And 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 at, <laughs> and right at the beginning, that is very jarring. Like I re- I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember going to see it for the first time. And when uh, spoiler alert, everybody, uh, when Danny like realizes that like her parents died, and then it just focuses on her and like Christian in her apartment, just her just guttural crying, and then. The title card comes up, and I'm just like, this is the start of the movie? <laughs> like, this is how we're going to begin? It's such a gut-wrenching introduction to the entire film. It's just such a visceral moment that you can really feel for her and just for anyone who suffered a loss like that. It was really beautifully done, that one scene. I, I agree that that, you know, is very striking. But then once that title card comes up, like you said, like, oh, like, God. What the f- This yeah. is scene one? Scene one? Oh, man. Yeah, like, I, I think my horror... It, it's... It's funny because I love all the classics, like you said, like um, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Halloween, uh, shout out to the new Halloween movie that's coming out in October. Um, Hell yeah. And then like A Quiet Place. I'm looking forward to that too. Um, that one was so stressful though. Did you go see it in movie theaters? I don't remember, which is also very sad because I feel like I would remember that. Yeah, I feel like yeah, there's I'm like a missing, yeah. there's a, a missing piece of my life with the pandemic and it was just like, oh, I had to do that. Yeah. It was so stressful trying to eat popcorn in there. Like I, yeah, I, or even, I, even pick up a soda because when the ice moves, it's almost as loud as just chewing something. So it's like every single movement is so delicate, especially during a movie like that where the whole point is to not make noise. So as you're watching it in a crowd of people, you also don't want to make noise. Because you don't want because you get so invested in like, I don't want to get, oh God, I don't want to get the family killed. You know, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, I've... I like more. It's weird now because, like, I, I like like the all the Exorcist movies. Like, my mom thought I was something. Something was wrong with me because I'm watching all these movies when I was young and just would fall asleep to them. But like now, I like more like psychological horror now, mm. which is like a, a twist from the outright gore and stuff that I used to watch before, like Saw, something like Suspiria, which I yeah. love, which is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. It's crazy, like, how I got older, like, my taste in horror changed. Yeah, completely. The psychological thrillers are definitely a huge one for me as well. Um, and even just talking about a movie like Us or Get Out, those two 
really, you know, resonated as well. Like, just so well shot. The storyline is so engaging. It, it's so gripping, just all of it. Um, us, I remember I did see in the theater very specifically um, when that actually came out, which was well pre-pandemic. Um, so, like, I remember actually going to the theater and seeing that and just sitting back in the chair like, damn, the entire <laughs> time. Like, oh, my God. Do I have a tether? Yeah. Does she have two? Like, what's going on? You good? Is she gonna I'm sorry. <laughs> is, is like tethered tape gonna come for me one day? Exactly. Um, and it was funny too because I was in California for work at the time. Um, so I had a festival the next day and I went to see the movie with one of my friends. And at this festival, I had someone that I knew was gonna be there that I didn't wanna see. And he had someone that was gonna be there that he didn't wanna see. Uh... So we had agreed, like, all right, if we see either of our people, we're just gonna say tether and walk away. <laughs> like, like we made it a joke that these people that we just didn't want to be associated with for whatever reason, like, all right, if you see this person, I see this person, we just say, tether, we got to go. Like, our tethers were there. So, like, we kind of made it into a joke, too, which was very funny. If they just, like, appear to you guys in, like, red jumpsuits. <laughs> How did like... you get the scissors past security, ma'am? That's my real question. Like, what is going on here? I re- yeah, I remember watching Us and then leaving and then things hitting me. It's like, oh, oh, okay. That's, ah. And then I went to go see it a second time and then started putting the pieces together. It was just like, all right. I get it. Like the whole hands across America thing Mm -hmm. that meant something. And then, but then I was like, well, how did these people survive down there that long? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it really makes you think, which again is something that's really drawn me to movies. Um, it's just something that it, it's not just something you watch for the moment. It's like, all right, cool. That was fun next or onto the, whatever else is, is happening. But something that actually, makes you use your brain and put references together and just you know think about the larger perspective and i mean to be fair there's always a moment for like a bob's burgers too where you can watch it and not have to think about it but you know in terms of like the different horror you know i don't necessarily just need to see someone get brutally murdered for two hours like if that happens at the end so be it but if there's something else in the storyline along the way that's more compelling for sure yes yeah uh okay so i always end with this question so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it to you. What is the first thing that you are looking to do other than drink, other than coffee that uh, <laughs> that you're lo- looking to do once the dust settles, you're vaccinated, and it's kind of safe to do things? Wow, this is genuinely the first time I've thought about the first thing. Aha. So I appreciate you asking because now I have to think about it. Um, huh. I mean, traveling somewhere that isn't my immediate vicinity, I think, is going to be top of my list. Again, that's not going to happen immediately, but when it can happen, that I think is something I'm really excited to do. Um, living in Brooklyn for the past few years, I haven't had a car and I've been very okay with that until this year. Um, it just would have been nice to be able to even just drive to the beach out on Long Island or, you know, drive somewhere even if I wasn't seeing someone, just changing the setting. So I still don't have a car. But in theory, going somewhere that's not, you know, the borough of Brooklyn here, I think is going to be really special. So I definitely want to go back to L.A. because I used to go there pretty frequently for work and I miss it. Um, I go to Toronto once or twice a year, haven't been in the longest time. So I really definitely want to go back there. Um, I have a lot of friends and people that I care about in Philly, so I want to see them again. Um, and also just, you know, places that I haven't been before. That in itself sounds exciting, too. Just going somewhere new for 
just the sake of going somewhere new. Um, I think those are probably the things that I'm most excited about, aside from the standard, you know, reuniting with friends and going back to live music and things like that. We got the Kate North American tour coming soon near you. Yes. Little Kate, big world. Let's go. Dude, that's a that's either a reality show uh, title or like a Netflix series. <laughs> <laughs> I did um, a fake tour routing for myself once. Um, I had just like a photo of me that I posted because I just felt really ridiculous that day. And I think it was literally a similar title because um, I was just strictly going from New York to L.A., and then New York for one day, and then Toronto, and then back to New York. But in my head, I was like, wow, world tour. Okay. Like, <laughs> in the world is Kate <laughs> Russell. Yes. Oh, I just got to get one of those fancy hats, and I am Carmen Sandiego. Nice. My, my, my dream. But yeah, um, it that trip in itself was very funny because I was in L.A., and then I was back in New York for one night. And, of course, I was at a show that night. So everyone was like, wait, you're in the state? And I was like, shh, not for, not for long. And then I flew out to Toronto literally the next day. And then I was there for, like, a week or something. And then I came back. And I think the day I got back was another show, too. So I just remember people being like, you good? Is there more of you? I'm like, no, it's just the one. She's just doing things. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to be doing things once again. I think I saw Kate at Union Square. I'm not sure. Is that her? A Kate sighting. Yeah, oh my God. Kate. <laughs> that's got to be a thing now once the world goes back, back up. oh god I think I saw Kate here I love it um, and speaking of like just random sightings like that there was one time where I was walking to get coffee by my apartment and someone did stop me like it was just a friend of mine it wasn't suspicious by any means but someone did actually recognize me like oh my god Kate and it was just a friend that also lived nearby and I was like Wow, even with the mask on, you still knew? This is amazing. Like, it just, it was nice. Like, see, I gotta, I gotta do that. When I see you again, I gotta do that like it's a big deal. Like, you're a celebrity. Like, it's, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, Kate Russell? What? Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm sorry. I'm gonna oh apologize in advance for making a scene. But I'm gonna I cannot wait. I will be bright red. I will definitely get embarrassed, but I will cherish that. So thank you in advance. Oh, my God. (laughs) Kate, thank you so much for coming on this episode, coming on this podcast and telling your story. This was so fun. It was great to catch up. Um, Let people know where they can find you and all your spectacular. Oh, my God. What an outro. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is really awesome. Um, Like I said before, I don't typically talk about stuff like this, you know, just existing and whatnot. So this has been really fun. Um, Yeah, so you can find me and my internet nonsense on any and all socials. uh, Kate Russell, FTW. That is me everywhere. Um, And if you want to check out the little sewn ghosts that I have in all of their adorableness, um, I finally started that Etsy. So that's uh, the Dizzy Ghost on Etsy. And then, oh yeah, we should probably plug the coffee gram. Yeah. That's how how I was introduced. (laughs) I also have um, an Instagram where I showcase all of my coffee endeavors because we love to support local businesses. Um, So that's girl with a coffee tattoo. And I think that's all the plugging I need to do. (laughs) As always, as said in front, this is the Life of Times of Quarantine podcast. Uh, Give us a follow on wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate us, like us, tell a friend. Uh, And until the next episode, this is Mirjani Roll signing off. Everybody be safe, be out there, get vaccinated, take care.